the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with a latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Why, hello there. It's Rob Black for money again. It's been very weird in a year that I should take a lot of days off. I haven't because I think it's actually been more dramatic than most years. And therefore, I'm kind of excited to wake up each and every day and do this show for you. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more. Don't be shy. That's the trick of investing and it's the trick of getting wealthy. It's have a, a an uncle, good old Uncle Buck or Uncle Rob, whoever it is. Someone you could talk to about money and investments. It is a cold day. I just looked at the mountain temperatures to see if I'm going to escape this weekend or not. And I looked at the air quality and it's 34 degrees in the mountains. It's like, whoa. Same thing on Wall Street. Very, very cold day. A breeze has come in and it's 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 a little uncomfortable. Uh, right across the screen. Not bad. You're talking about down normal day it's a a normal day down but we haven't had a lot of these where it's just across the board red russell's down 18 points that's down 1.1 percent that's a pretty big drop all things considered but doesn't feel dramatic nasdaq's down one percent the dow's down one half a percent the s&p 500 down eight tenths of a percent beyond meat's not working today tesla's not working today Nike's not working today. Macy's is working. Oh boy, that's what I'm like. Oh boy, now I get it. So now we're we're at, we're at kind of in a desperate straight day, where we're trying to say, okay, what what do we like after everything's run up? What do we like? It's a very good question. Let's take a look at a little bit about yesterday and talk a little bit about today. I'm getting a lot of questions about the Snowflake IPO. Snowflake IPO yesterday was insanely good. The stock priced at 120, but first trade went off at 245. So if you wanted it, you paid 245 for it, even though everyone who owned it was expecting 120. Everyone who owns shares of 
Snowflake, before it was publicly traded, is insanely rich. It has done insanely well. So it opens at 245. It goes as high as 319. It goes from 120 expected. Hey, I'm going to put a bid in for one share at $120 or two shares at $240. You don't even get it. Because it opens at 245 and it goes to 319. It settles down at 253, which means it's trading for 90 times sales. And that's assuming its 2021 revenue more than doubles from its current annualized rate. The funny thing about this is you're like, okay, I don't get it, Rob. Like, why are you making a big deal out of it? Is the company left a ton of money on the table? They sold shares at 120. So it opened two forty five. It, it's it's insane. Um, the downside for a market is the IPO got so hot that it jumped off the page as a sign of irrational exuberance to me. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to play out like that. The pricing is is broken. The investment bankers who robbled, and I have this this thing in my head that robbling is when people get together and they go robble 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 robble. Rob. They get together and they talk, they grumble, they, they, they bemoan things, they, they have angst. So when we saw that, it's just like, okay, people in the stock market are stupid. I think I better sell some of my normal stocks. There's a little bit of that going on. Um, the reaction to the treasury market yesterday, or the reaction to the Fed, they didn't give us what we wanted. I, I, we wanted a back rub. They gave us everything we want Essentially, till 2023, no increases in interest rates. They don't see it. Mortgages will stay low. Collateralized debt um, will have an easier time. Uh, the big loser in the low interest rates are, are old people who want to put money in the bank and earn a little bit of interest on either a CD or in the bank. Bonds are losers. But everything else feels like it's winning. The housing cost, if you own a house, it should go up. If you don't, well, I guess renters are losers, right? If I'm not calling you a loser. My, my rent, and I'm proud to rent. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the low-cost money, the environment's going to basically make it tougher for renters to become homeowners because there's going to be more people chasing low-cost money. <clears throat> Stock market should be poised for a good two-year run, um, even on top of what it's done today, if we get a little bit of government stimulus. I think that's kind of what we're looking for at this point in time. Ah, trillion dollar deficit, kick that can down the road. It's much more important to save jobs now and tell our grandchildren, well, we saved jobs back when we were kids, but sorry about you. You got to pay off that debt for us. Or will we just print more money? 10-year treasury sitting at 65 basis points. A lack of inflation generally goes hand in hand with anemic economic growth. Um, I think that's probably one of the things that the Fed hinted at. If they're not going to raise interest rates until the end of 2023, what we're going to get is stimulus growth, tech growth, um, but not general mom-and-pop plumber growth. So if they're not seeing any inflation there, they, they don't see any reason to raise interest rates. That's a great environment. There's no doubt about it. But it's also telling you something is terribly, terribly wrong with our economy. Doctor, the economy is not looking good. Uh, we're not on a respirator, but we're, we're not chugging it along at 3% GDP growth. So it's kind of a good news, bad news, I suppose. And 
we'll go with it from there. First time initial unemployment claims for the week ending September 12th decreased by 33,860,000. Um, last year, this time it was 211,000. This time it's 860,000. So it shows you that short term things are getting better in the unemployment claims. Short term being like month to month, but year over year we are like it's it's the problem in the stock market. It's the reason there's no inflation. So that's out there. Oh, we found out about the PlayStation Five yesterday. Um, I already tried to order one and it's it's sold out. <laughs> so they announced yesterday they're going to sell them. And I teach my kids weird business lessons. It's kind of a problem of me. Uh, we're at dinner last night near the ocean, on the ocean, actually. And uh, I said, hey, look, uh, you can pre-order a uh, Sony PlayStation. And uh, they just announced it today, like maybe three hours before that. Sony's next generation game console, the PlayStation 5, is going to arrive on November 12th in select territories. Sweet. Um, so I tried to pre-order it. It's gone. And I was telling my kids, here's the business lesson. Just show, tell me that I'm not a jerk. I'm like, okay, let's just order two right now and let's sell them on eBay when they come. Because some people out there are going to be like us and be three hours too late and not be able to get one. Um, so that's out there, right? Two versions of the console. One's very bad news for retail and one's very, very good news for uh, 21st century, right? There's going to be a $400 digital edition, which means it'll have no DVD player. And there'll be a $500 disk drive version that will have a disk drive. Um, I don't know all the specs other than that, other than to say um, sold out. So uh, on the 21st, you're going to be able to order an Xbox. And that, too, will likely be sold out on the 22nd of this month. Because that's how it rolls. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Don't be shy today. I sometimes need your help. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This was one of my favorite songs when I was in high school. I bring it up because it's been remade. Um, the original singer is Kate Bush. And why was it one of my favorite songs? Because she was on a duet on his album. So, um, Peter Gabriel was a little bit of a maverick. He never liked naming his albums. He came up with really stupid, simple names because the music industry wanted him to name the albums and he didn't really want to. So you have like a Melting Face album, which if you're a Peter Gabriel fan, you're like, oh, I know that one. There's the, I'm in a car and there's rain on the, uh, windshield. So he was kind of pulling a prince before Prince and kind of pouting with the uh, record executives. Came out with an album called So, came out with an album called Us. You get the idea. Not exactly market friendly. Um, if you could tune a fish, you could tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Like, it's not that fun, right? But Kate Bush also was a witch. That always fascinated me. 
because this is pre-internet days where the internet would have had fun with that, but now she wouldn't fly in airplanes. Weird, right? There's people like that out there. Trump, President Trump, said he's open to more stimulus spending for pandemic relief and stalled talks with congressional Democrats. Uh, this can be one of those things that can move the market. But right now the market looks tired. Right now the market looks fatigued. Right now the market's like, okay, we, the market led us through this COVID mess. And it's almost saying, economy, you do something. Come on, economy, show me some good numbers. Uh, the, the market's tired. And it's almost saying, like, come on, President Congress, you do something. Something that Trump can do is uh, at a press conference Wednesday evening, he said that he liked the larger numbers in a compromise $1.5 trillion stimulus proposal from bipartisan group of House lawmaker House lawmakers. Um, there's been a deadlock as we get closer to the election and finger pointing or acceptance of guilt is happening with the coronavirus pandemic. So they're, they're pointing fingers at each other. I guess, oh, you do it. No, 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 no. It's your fault. We want to win the election. No, 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 no. You want to win the election kind of thing. They're not working together. It's very, very dysfunctional right now. I won. I won. So Trump said of the plan, I agree with it a lot. I heard Nancy Pelosi say she doesn't want to leave until we have an agreement. She's come a long way. So even the let's do this together mentality, it's still a lot of finger pointing, which is okay. And I get it. You get it. But we look like um, at the end of July, there was a trillion dollar stimulus floated. Then there was a $650 billion economic aid floated. Now we're up to one and a half trillion. What? What? You started a trillion, you go down to $650 billion, and then you go up to what? Because like you're trying to find something that works. Whoops, we went the wrong direction. We want bigger, not smaller. So essentially, everyone's going to get what they want, is my assumption. Democrats are going to get what they want. They're going to go back to their people and say, hey, look, look, we got what you needed for us. Vote me. And the Republicans are going to go back to their constituents and say, we got what you needed. Vote me. It's pretty big stimulus, if it's to be believed. I used to say that the government will always get it done. That they're just stalling there, they're hedging and hawing. But this time, they, they, they feel a little bit more angry with each other. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets done. So that's a little bit of a positive down the road, maybe. Um, Peloton versus Apple. I started working on a, a, a longer piece in my head on Peloton versus Apple. Because Peloton said this week that 20 million households are interested in purchasing one or, one or more of its products at current prices. They did a little research. And Apple came out with Apple Fitness, which is going to be a subscription workout thing. And I looked at that yesterday because I'm trying to figure out who's the winner here, if there's a winner, or if Peloton could be acquired, what would that would what would that look like? Um, the Peloton stock's up 190% this year. Gym closures uh, have pushed people to want to exercise at home more so than ever. And if you were spending money on an expensive gym membership, maybe you should be spending that money on an app. And both Peloton and Apple have you know, good-looking instructors, fit instructors, screaming at us in apps now. Apple just started this week. <laughs> That's their angle. 
and they're going to try to bundle it with their watch. They're going to try to bundle it with a new phone. Apple's got a lot of advantages. Um, with that said, Peloton is uh, it's a favorite stock right now. It's a it's a most favored, most loved kind of vehicle. People like it. One analyst said Peloton is among his firm's favorite growth ideas. He argued, despite the stock's recent run-up, the market is underestimating potential benefits from the company's new Peloton Bike Plus. COVID-19 has clearly given a tailwind to the business. Uh, an analyst, Raymond James, says he's reared his outperform rating on the stock, saying aside from COVID-19, the company is seeing fast growth amongst users 25 to 34 and those with income of less than 100000 Wow. You're talking about a $2,000, $3,000 bike. People under making under 100000 are saying, ah, I can put money in my 401k or I can get a Peloton. Or I'm not going on vacation this year so I can get a Peloton. I'm not quite sure how that's playing out, but that's the idea. So Peloton released a little bit more research. Nearly half of fitness-minded adults are going to cancel their gym memberships with 90% of users responding that they're interested in connected fitness. If you haven't used a Peloton, you could actually be in a class with other people. You could actually start at 10, and you could actually see their statistics versus your statistics, and you could try to beat them. There's kind of a, a social networking thing going on there. Um, okay. But Apple's decision to introduce Fitness Plus, it's going to be offer $9.99, comparable with Peloton's $12.99 membership that doesn't connect any equipment, illustrates the attractiveness of home fitness. Um, so I th think we're expecting this to be a trend now. Uh, I've heard CFP Chad Burton talk about saunas and gym equipment and turn his kids' rooms into gyms and stuff like that. Home fitness is a trend. <clears throat> Staying away from the gym. I, I, I got turned off to 24-hour fitness years ago when I went to a gym and tried to shower after a, a workout. And it was just the most disgusting experience of my life. I was like, are we living in a war zone? Why is there so much hair in the sink? Um, you get the idea, right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so Fitness Plus is, don't underestimate it. That's what I'm going to tell you. And there's some competitors to Peloton out there. And don't, don't think not of Apple as going after more hardware sales and more software sales and more subscriptions. Um, because the margins on a Peloton are very, very attractive. People are paying a premium. And I would say Peloton needs to keep an eyeball out. They need to, get to watch good old Apple to see if they're going to integrate vertically into that industry. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. My pride still feels the sting. You were my everything. Someday I found a love like yours. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome to the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. 
found this kind of interesting this week. I kind of surprised myself with two new data points to look at. Tesla stock moved on news that uh, downloads of their Tesla app were spiking. And you're like, why? They don't sell anything. There's not a crossword puzzle game. There's You don't get you know made up smiley faces or anything like that. You only get the Tesla app if you get a Tesla car. So a spike in Tesla app usage or downloads tells you something's up there. That was an odd statistic. Here's another one that I now starting to see analysts throw around. Cost per workout. Wow. People are saying that gyms will lose compared to Peloton because of cost per workout. I did not know. <laughs> like This is kind of interesting to me. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but that's where we are. Uh, Steph Curry, back fitness startup called Tonal, raises cash. Investors are betting on workouts from home. Tonal raised $110 million after seeing surge in demand for its at-home strength training machines during the pandemic. You might have been on Facebook in the last couple of years, and maybe you've Googled Peloton, and Facebook knows that, and they're following you, and they're tracking you, and Facebook serves up an ad for what looks like a mirror, but it's really a big video screen mounted to the wall, and it has some, how shall we say, gym equipment bolted onto it. Um, okay, okay, I'm kind of, yeah, you're saying, is this going to be, is this going to be the next Peloton? This is going to be the next Peloton. Now, the question is, Amazon also has what's called the Amazon Alexa Fund, which invests in startups. They got Steph Curry. They got a professional golfer, Michelle Wee. And they're all using the, the, the tonal, T-O-N-A-L. Again, it's a big system that you screw into a wall. kind of looks like a mirror. Ooh, you get the idea. Um, but Apple's getting in the space. Tonal's getting in the space. Peloton's getting the space. We're talking about cost per workout now. Steph Curry is an endorser. Total executives didn't disclose the valuation, but they pulled in another $110 million in funding. Um, it's going to be a play. They got Paul George of the LA Clippers, Bobby Wagner of the Seattle Seahawks. Just putting their name on it. Hey, I'm Paul George of the Los Angeles Clippers. We just had one of the most historic collapses ever. I didn't score one point in the fourth quarter. I hope Rob Black didn't bet on me because I'm a loser. Thank you very much. For the impression of Paul George, I worked on that for hours yesterday. I accept the academy. No, no, no. So, again, what other players are there in exercise? Lululemon? I think so. Lululemon is buying a company called Mirror for $500 million. Same thing. Mounts to the wall. You can watch workouts during the day and look at yourself beautifully during the night. Um, Apple is going after the fitness platform, but they're going to tie it to all their hardware, iPhones, iPads, Apple TV, Apple Watch, everything, um, which seems a little unfair when you think, like, we've seen this before. Um, companies that try to get into a space in a unique way kind of get nudged out by the, the let's get it to everyone mentality. Even if all the gyms in the whole world reopened at 100% capacity, people just aren't going to snap back and go, I'm going to go to the gym. Um, I wonder how much of the tonal equipment, Lululemon equipment, mirror, Peloton equipment, we're going to be able to buy 
uh, at yard sales in the future. And again, essentially all it is is workout gear tied towards uh, an iPad, right? It's an iPad has people in it who are filmed professionally and it's like having a yoga teacher do some of the best yoga in the world with you. And she's up on the, you know, a mountain practicing Buddhism and stuff. And that's way better than going to San Mateo. Way better. So Steph Curry, Bay Area legend, seems like a sweet man too, huh? I don't know if that's marketing. I don't know what that is, but uh, wow, I wish he could endorse me <laughs> kind of thing because he rains on nice. He rains on niceness parades, kind of like, I'm Steph Curry. I'm super nice. He said in a press release he relied on it heavily, tonal equipment, to maintain strength training. He says tonal is, quote, revolutionizing how people will work out now and in the future. He's also not telling you how much money he's getting on it, right? Serena Williams is an endorser. Clay Thompson, Tony Gonzalez, Rudy Gay of the San Antonio Spurs, Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings, Deborah Norville. No, not Deborah Norville. Um, that's my Hollywood, access Hollywood kind of mentality. Sorry. I love celebrities, especially celebrity endorsers. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Let's talk a little bit about Snowflake. Stock doubled yesterday. IPO, right? Rousing start. Cloud software company. Ticker symbol Snow. Is it any better than that? That's pretty good. Price its IPO at $120. Whoops, it opens at $240. So they, they, they could have got double their valuation. They could have got double it. They f- I almost said a dirty word. They messed it up. Um, I'm taking a breather. Sorry. Snowflake's worth $68 billion on its first day. It's... 110 times sales. It's more expensive than Zoom video. Um, as far as price to sales, it's twice as much. So people are expecting t- their sales, uh, their price to sales ratio, price of the stock versus the dollar of sales. It's a pretty simple metric to figure out. Wall Street's fascinated with price to sales, price to earnings, price to um, uh, equity to debt, 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 debt to equity. Like we, we, we go after metrics that make sense to us. So it's it's trading at like a software company could have a price to sales ratio like Microsoft could have one of maybe four, but an internet company could go to maybe eight times sales because they don't have like anything physical to distribute, right? Uh, hardware companies typically are, sometimes are priced two times sales. You kind of get the idea, right? Um, they're priced at one hundred and ten times sales right now. Zoom is so expensive; they're priced at forty nine times sales. In the end, earnings are going to matter. In the end, sales are going to matter. Datadog, 48 times sales. Um, Workday and DocuSign, who have been doing what Snowflake's trying to do for a long time, they're more expensive. So the new kid on the block is like, hey, everyone, check out Snowflake. <laughs> Look at that one walking down the street. And people are drooling over it. I don't drool. I'll just let it walk by. It'll come to me one day. I don't have to chase it. So the trading action is just nuts. We're in a bull market, but that's speculative behavior. That's me warning you. I've seen this before. In the early 2000s, companies were coming public that we didn't really care about. We're like, digital cities? Yes! 
Yes, we give me that. I, I didn't get it on Yahoo. I didn't get it on Google. Give me digital cities for two hundred dollars. We or there were some dumb investments, some really really dumb companies. I remember one. I've got a, a book called Bull. Um, rhymes with ship. Um, it, it's it's a classic book on what happened in the two thousands, and it just goes over a hundred companies that came public. One of them came public was trying to invent. They were trying to distribute smells through the internet. So like if you were seeing an advertisement for cherry pie, you could smell a pie on your monitor. We invested in this. We put money into this. It went to zero valuation. And there's kind of like we were looking for the next thing. Like I said, digital cities was just awful. There was nothing there, but we're like, well, maybe it'll be the next Yahoo or maybe Yahoo will buy them. And Yahoo used to be the Facebook or the Apple or uh, Yahoo was a, a can't lose growth stock. I think I need to remind people of that because it did it in so well for Yahoo, did it? Marissa Meyer, who sounds like, um, who does she sound like? Marissa Meyer ran Yahoo. And she's such a, she looks like a, a uh, model. Like she looks delicate and she looks like she can uh, model of flowery dresses. And then she talks like that. <laughs> Exactly. Chewbacca and Melissa Mayer used to talk um, daily at Yahoo. And I went to one of her Halloween parties, so I should be really, really nice. Uh, Halloween and Christmas parties. She threw good parties. Um, But she married a billionaire. I'm not jealous. (laughs) Maybe the billionaire is Chewbacca. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on there. So there's my, my rub on Snowflake. It just feels too speculative. And again, if you look at it compared to Zoom and you're like, hey, I want Zoom. Zoom's cheaper in theory than Snowflake. But we're looking for the next thing. And that's when I think Wall Street tends to get themselves into a little bit of trouble. Netflix is starting to dominate reality TV. Interesting, right? Uh, They got Queer Eye. They got Selling Sunset. They got Love is Blind. Uh, reality TV is cheap to produce, and we didn't think Netflix like they. We kind of thought of them as not really. Uh, epi- we saw them as binge watching. Like, we kind of got used to that idea, and reality TV binge watching. Eh. Uh, Netflix just picked up seventeen original series um, that are all tied towards very cheap production and easy distribution. Selling Sunsets one. A million dollar beach house would be a second one. The floor is lava is a game show that anyone can recreate inside their house. Indian matchmaking teaches American viewers about a world that we don't know anything about the country of India and how love and matchmaking is handling. They got a show called Too Hot to Handle. They got a show called The Circle. They got a show called Love is Blind. Uh, They're dominating this stuff and it's cheap to produce and it's easy to consume, right? Study business models, not fashion models, is my advice to tell your children. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This is a financial media show. There's a podcast of it. There's a radio show version of it. Um, it gets repurposed into to newsletters and things like that. Uh, I want to talk about financial media for a second. I've got a weird relationship with it, and I'm in it. I love it, but I also hate it. I used to say something along the lines, and you'll get the analogy, just don't get mad at me. I used to say CNBC is like financial porn, where it's a lot of good-looking people on the TV, and like you get some satisfaction out of it, but in the end, was it love? Did, it, did you learn anything? Is there a connection? There's really not. So... One of the areas that I've, I've read in the past that I think is better than CNBC, I'd say Bloomberg is better than CNBC. I would say Barron's is better than CNBC. But then is Barron's better than Bloomberg? And that's where you start getting into, this is a mess. Um, I've read Barron's since 1995. Um, every weekend, it, it came out back in the day where you would go on Saturday morning to pick up a cup of coffee at Starbucks or something and there you grab a Barron's, go home, drink your coffee and read Barron's. I used to get so silly that I'd read Barron's in the bathtub. I mean, I loved financial media. I loved consuming it in every way, shape, it. Don't get me wrong. I've got some research reports from the 90s that are still in my office. Like I've got a research report on, on Apple when it was at $6. I have a research report on AOL. AOL. Like, whoa, times have changed, right? So Barron's is a, a religious read for me, and to this day, I still like it, but it, it spooks me a little bit more. Uh, most newspapers and magazines talk about what is going on now and not what's going to happen in the future. Barron's tries to look into the future. It's a financial publication platform that's trying to be uh, predictive, or you could say predicative, if you would rather. Um. Or is it trying to drive clicks? Or is it trying to drive, you know, Rob bought a paper edition, but now he's got the digital edition. People complain about the media all the time. I'm not doing anything new. The clickbait works. And like the next Apple or the next Peloton. Um, I try to, to steer away from that kind of reporting. Um, I've gotten more emails this week about Snowflake than I should have. I've gotten more emails about hot IPOs than I should have. Why? Because it's all clickbait. You're seeing something like, hey, hot IPO, hot off the presses. I like briefing.com's approach to IPOs. They, they do it. They do a nice job. But the, what they do is they grade them before they come out. Like, oh, this one only looks like a D or this one looks kind of like an AA plus. And they, they still go out of their way to say, we don't know what the price is going to be. We don't know if anyone's going to double it on the, the open. The media inadvertently ends up marking the top of markets. Everyone knows this. Um, it's the magazine cover indicator. There's different indicators that we all look at, um, like the Sports Illustrated Jinx or the EA Madden Jinx. You don't want to be on the cover of EA because that's probably your last career year. 
um, as far as Madden Sports goes. And same thing with Sports Illustrated. By the time Sports Illustrated gets around to putting an athlete on its cover, it's, it's typically everyone already knows them and everyone already loves them. And they're just trying to sell, you know, hey, everyone knows them, so they'll pick up this edition. They'll, they'll pick up this, um, this copy, so to speak. Now, The Economist is counter. They go completely negative, which, again, I kind of love. Um, the Economist to me makes me think we're all, it's just doom and gloom as far as the magazine goes. It's the end of the stock market as we know it. That's their type of headline. Um, Barron's is a little bit more cognizant of, of being positive because in the end, it has worked out well. The markets go up seven out of 10 years. Um, but where do we go from here? Be careful with your financial media. Uh, and I guess that's to be fair, to be fair, be careful with all your media. Having worked in news on the television side, I could tell you there's some reporters that are really, really smart. But I could also tell you there's some reporters that are not really, really smart anchors who don't really know anything about the news. Uh, and you would expect that, right? I can tell you there's not a lot of bias in, in news. There is on a national level, but on a local level, all of us in financial media and media, we're just trying to tell a good story. Um, I've never met anyone who has a pro-Trump or pro-Biden agenda in reporting news on a local level. Um, it's almost like we don't want to talk about those kind of things as far as biases go locally, but nationally, oh boy, it's there. And in California, do I think it's ingrained in our culture? Oh boy, it's ingrained in our culture. Um, it was funny because when I moved to San Francisco, one of the first things I learned from the East Coast was that th there's two political parties. And you're like, of course, Rod, there's Republicans and Democrats. Some people would say libertarians. You know, maybe there's two and a half or three. But in California, there's two. There's Democrats and liberals. And the Democrats hate the liberals just as much as the Democrats hate the Republicans across the country. A lot of hate in this world. A lot of hate. Anyhow, jobless claims were lower than expected, but employment growth was still sluggish. I want to move on from financial media. I would be very, very, very cautious with your approach to financial media. Because like I said this week, I'm just getting nothing but calls about Snowflake, uh, nothing but emails about Snowflake and other IPOs. And that just tells me you're pay you're you're getting clickbaited. You're getting you know sold a story that you probably don't want to get into. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. The jobless claims are lower than expected. It's still a really really high number year over year. Um, I would be respectful of that, even though some good news like continuing claims are coming down. Um, claims have remained or remained above a million through the end of late August, but now we're under a million, but we're still nowhere near the 250,000, 300,000 we want to be at as far as first time unemployment claims. So try to get a big picture as well as a short term picture, okay? You can zoom in, but you're not going to get good perspective. Zoom back out on occasion. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.